0: So hey everybody, hey Knicks fans, hey Lakers fans. This is Eric Mann on Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. And today I'm starting my new blog called Sports and Revolution. It's you can actually reach me at Eric and sportsandrevolution.com. If I ever get tired of making the real revolution, I'll just retire into the fantasy of sports and revolution. But meanwhile I coexist in both spheres. So today we're going to talk about the National Basketball Association, the New York Knicks. The LA Lakers by 245, I want you on the phone, if not sooner, 818-985-5735. We know Mars from Long Beach is going to have some profound insight uh, on all subjects. And let's talk about sports and let's talk about the NBA, which is like the National Football League, uh, essentially a black league. So one of the things that's interesting about that is they don't say that. It's very rare. Even when the black athletes are on television, they'll say things like the owners, which is you know a, a name that they're trying to get rid of because it means the plantation owners, the players. They don't talk about race that much. Even the black players imply it, but it's hard to just say we live in a racist society. And given that, everything in the NBA is about race. But it is. But today, I'll be honest. I'm not really into one of my deeper uh, moments. We're just going to really talk sports, and there'll be some overlays of insights. But I'm just going to be a Knicks fan for now, and a little jealous of the Lakers. But I got a lot of thoughts on that. So we're going to start. So here are some of my titles. Uh, if you uh, get my emails now, that Channing and I put out on. Uh, VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com, which is still the primary place we want you to reach us. And we're very happy that we've been getting a lot of listeners now who've been registering every day. In a few minutes, go on our website, VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com. If you're already registered, you got the email today. If you're not registered, go on there now and you'll get not just emails for future shows, but hopefully uh, links to past shows that you'll like, Okay. We'll come back to that. So sports and revolution. Some of the subjects today are going to be support the New York Knicks Black Brain Trust, which I'm going to come back to. Honoring my friend Lewis Cole, which I want to talk about first, actually. Free agency fantasies. Uh, then we're going to go to Laker haters. Sorry, they're doing great. And I am not quite a Laker hater, but I'm not rooting for them. But fair is fair. With LeBron James and now uh, Anthony Davis, I think me and Ricky Herrera and Channing, if we were the other three players, they would still win a championship. Uh, Watch out for Atlanta and Trey Young. And just one more
1: thing. Yes. Just in case if anyone is confused, we have a picture of Stephen Curry on the slideshow that clearly states that he is electric as you said in the mailer right just making sure everyone knows that
0: all right cool cool (laughs) I I hope they read it at that level of intentionality that'd be great Channing so yeah uh and then I'm gonna go to watch out for Atlanta for uh, and Trey Young but I'm gonna start with my journey on the Knicks and I'm gonna go to my friend Lewis Cole's journey with the Knicks um so I was uh about seven years old when the New York Knicks, the National Basketball Association right after World War II was very small and very white. The the lead player was George Mikan of the Minneapolis, whoever they were at the time, Minneapolis Lakers because they had a lot of lakes, and they become the Los Angeles Lakers who have no lakes. But they both had championships. I don't know why I was so attracted to it I think once again, it was probably because of my just such pro-black uh, instincts is they had a player called Sweetwater Clifton, Nat Sweetwater Clifton, who along with Earl Lloyd and a few others was one of the first black players. So if you can imagine the early New York Knicks playing with uh, Carl Braun, uh, Al McGuire, Dick McGuire, Harry the Horse Gallatin. Connie Simmons, virtually all white, and then Sweetwater Clifton, but I love the Knicks. And I used to listen to it with a big, big radio that back in the day that I would hide under my bed when my mom would say it's time to go to bed, but she could hear me, I would just keep it so, so low. And then the Knicks eventually, eventually, won a championship in 1970, and I believe again in 1973. In 1970, I was imprisoned for demonstrations against the war in Vietnam. And to my amazement, the Knicks won the championship, first championship in their entire history. So one of the guards came up to me and said, All right, you got to go back to your cells now. And I said, No, 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 there's the post game interviews. And he said, Yeah, you're going back to your cell. And I said, No. Now, I had not messed with a guard over anything, and here I am messing with the guard over. I'm adamant that I'm not going back to my cell. Finally, he said, all right, you're going back to your cell, and I knew I was going to the hole. I knew it, and sure enough, they wait until you're back in your cell, and you, you're all locked in, and everybody else is locked in, and then the three guards come and knock on the, the bar as they basically hit the bars with their key and say, all right, man, you're going to the hole which is solitary. So I did three days in solitary for the New York Knicks. Proud to have done it. A great act of civil disobedience. So that's what a real, you, you go, you're not Lakers fans, you're not Nick fans. Would you do three days in solitary confinement to watch a post-game show? Now that's a fan, <laughs> that's a fanatic, that's a lunatic. But what the hell, I did it. Now. Turns out that another very dear friend of mine named Lewis Cole, who died uh, about 10 years ago of Lou Gehrig's disease, such a handsome, charming guy, he wrote a book called Dream Team. Now, you hear the term Dream Team used, but he, I think, coined it. It says, the candid story of the champion 1969-1970 Knicks, their collective triumphs and individual fates by Lewis Cole. Now, Lewis... And I were leaders of the Columbia University strike. Lewis was a student at Columbia, along with Mark Rudd and Juan Gonzalez and others. And I was an organizer with Students for Democratic Society. I was almost 25 at the time. And we organized this takeover. uh, They did. And I organized the support for it. So I became very close with Lewis, and we stayed close for certainly five or six years after that. And I'm going to just take a break because I want to list the Voices listeners who have been calling this a big part of the show now. We're trying to build audience for this show. We're trying to get people that will listen during the show, which is every Tuesday from 3 to 4, but also can go on our website, VoicesFromTheFrontLines.com, anytime. We do a beautiful job of reposting the shows. There's great stories on the website as well. And we're happy to say that Michael Hygram, Sikki Bradford, Julian Leal, Larry Sibley, Robert Schwartz, Emil Jackson, Antoinette Wood Brownwood, Julia Summer, Lynette Beaver, Afia Mwangaza, Presian Storm, Marilyn Storm, Ricky Herrera, Kes Grafell, Mark Madonawani, Madonna Stefan Giri, Tracy Green, and Max Binder have all sent in and registered on our site just in the last two weeks. It's really a thrill when Channing and I go back from the show and we open up the email and there it is. It says, new registrations to voices from the front lines. So if you go on the website voicesfromthefrontlines.com. And you register on it. You'll click and you'll see where to register. We want to pick up eight or 10 people, if not more, per week. That could be 500 people on our list over a year, 500 new subscribers. And you'll be getting the weekly email from Channing and myself. And you'll get a lot of other links. And we have some interesting ideas of premiums and some cool things to do. So please support Voices from the Front Lines. Go on the site as I'm talking. Register. Just put your name and email in there. That would mean a lot to us, and I think it would be good for you. All right, so now my friend Lewis, imagine 40 years later, Lewis is dying of Lou Gehrig's disease at the 40th anniversary of the Columbia strike. He gives a beautiful, beautiful speech that I'm going to probably read in the next week or two. I just saw it today thanks to a very good friend of mine, Bob Feldman. But I'm going to read from Lewis's introduction to his own book, Dream Team, and then I'm going to get into my commentaries today. So Lewis says, in the spring of 1974, I needed a new devotion. For the previous six years, April and May had been riotous months in my life. A college senior in 1968, I'd helped to lead a student strike at Columbia University against the Vietnam War and racism. Afterwards, I became a full-time, as the expression went, movement person. I organized opposition to the war and support for black and Puerto Rican liberation movements. Strikes and demonstrations in the spring climaxed each season of protest. Now I was politically inactive. The war had ended, Students for a Democratic Society, and the Black Panther Party. The two organizations with which I had worked were hopelessly destroyed the victims of internal faction fights and government attacks. And for political and personal reasons, I wasn't ready to join any of the groups that had replaced them. I was very busy. I was teaching English at a community college, working on a magazine and writing. But I missed the passion and drama that commanded my life each spring. I needed something to seize my imagination. Quite wonderfully and unexpectedly, I found it. I became a fan of the New York Knickerbockers. Friends regarded my passion as regressive, thrust into adulthood. I was clinging to a teenager's diversion. I saw things differently. We used an an expression then, the real world. The phrase covered a lot of ground, mostly rocky. We employed it most frequently in an argumentative or explanatory capacity. You know, this is the real world, you know. The rhetorical question implied that whatever had preceded the present predicament family, campus, a love affair had been negligible, maybe even false, certainly less than the real world. The phrase also suggests an attitude towards experience, an end to the melodramatic sentiments and expectations of adolescent and student life, the start of a cooler, more ironic view. Don't be so shocked, this is the real world, you know. In all instances the real world was grim. I can't remember an occasion when anyone ever suggested that happiness might be part of the real world. You know, excitingly grim, a certain tough pride was the reward from anticipating and accepting it. The real world was our vision of adult life in America, the world outside the shelters in which we had grown up. And for me, basketball, although it ended up disapproving this bleakly romantic view, represented the real world. Now, Lewis, I'm happy to say that I spent my life in the real world, continuing to work for evolution. I didn't think it was not joyous. I thought the revolution has been, with its many problems, a joyous activity. And for me, the New York Knicks are definitely my drug of choice. Uh, I can't justify the obsession. It's really scary sometimes how much I think about it. Uh, But I'm happy to say it's not really an escape from the real world. You could say my whole life is an escape from the real world, or my whole life is an attack on the real world, whatever. But then getting to the end, uh, Lewis concludes that he's a beautiful writer, by the way, as well as a beautiful guy. Uh, I rarely follow my envy of the players to its logical conclusion. I imagine my life is one of them. My background was too distant from basketball for me ever to think seriously that I deserved their situation. But their example did make me question my own. Partly, I'd become a fan because I missed the action of the movement. Jumpy and unpredictable, basketball is tailored for nervous types like myself, and days have a certain purpose when you root for a team that are waiting for a game to start, worrying through it, repeating it in your mind. But in the end, players made me impatient with dissatisfaction. What are you doing up here, I would think, as I reached my seat? You should be down there with those guys doing something. The desire was a metaphor for me to exert in my life the single-minded pursuit of career and talent that they demonstrated and to do it in the same world they occupied. The world represented in that courtside confusion of deals and budgets, high-sounding talk and low-minded principles, old friendships, new talents, and common compromises. A world that I could no longer conceive of as alien, for it was the only one that mattered, the real world. And so I quit teaching to write for a living, especially writing about basketball, this simple game that taught me a lot. Through writing, says Lewis Cole, I came to attend as many games as I wanted, sat courtside where the players loom over you and you smell the fresh talc they rub on their hands before entering games. and met many of the men whom I'd come to admire from afar. In the course of my work, the idea for this book was suggested to me. I eagerly seized it. I hadn't rooted for the 1969 Knicks. I had. They preceded my discovery of the game, but I had come to know them later as players and people. Together they had created the great myth of modern basketball. After the title, the team split up. Its members led every conceivable kind of career, a patchwork quilt of distinctly American lives that included a bouncer in a bar, who I do not know who it was, a United States Senator who was Bill Bradley, the book tells their story, the tale of their triumphant collaboration on court, and the individual fates they pursued upon leaving the game of my and their devotion and entering the real world. Well that's my friend, my late friend Lewis Cole, and just one more thing about Lewis in the in the notes it says, uh, Lewis Cole has worked as a political organizer editor and teacher. He's published articles in many magazines on literature and politics with his brother Rafael Iglesias, the novelist he writes screenplays. His mother and stepfather, Helen and Jose Iglesias, are distinguished writers. This is his second book. That's my dear friend, Louis Cole, who did autograph Dream Team to me. Say one thing really that I uh, want to say um, that Louis was saying, that I, that it is a difference. Um, I've been in the revolution, you know, certainly since 1964 with no stop. I live vicariously through the New York Knicks. I live vicariously through People Magazine sometimes. But I'm happy to say that the life I've chosen is the life I want. I remember a um, famous actress whose name I almost remember said, you know, the problem is I pay, played all these exciting— pe-, Catherine Hepburn, she said, I played all these exciting people's lives, but their lives are more exciting than mine. I'm happy to say that that's not what I feel, that there's nothing better than to work for the Congress of Racial Equality or Students for Democratic Society or, you know, the Labor Community Strategy Center or any group, Black Lives Matter LA or Dream Defenders. or That's the real world and the real world is pretty cool. In the context of that, let's talk some hoops. So why don't we just take something, Ricky, why don't we hit somebody to play something, and then I'll come right back with the commentary. the dribble up and down the court, just like I'm
1: the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the home. My favorite play is the alley oop. I like the pick and roll, I like the give and go. Cause it's basketball but Mr. Curtis flow <laughs> <show. laughs>
0: Play against Earl the Pearl and Will O and Jerry West Play basketball at its very best Basketball has always been my thing I like Magic Bird and Bernard King. And number 33, my man Kareem Is the center of my stoning team Wow, thank you, Channing Martinez, for finding that. That's off the chart. You're welcome. That's going to be the new... I'm telling you, as we segue off, as Channing takes over voices from the front lines and I move to the just full-time sports. (laughs) What? uh, That's going to be my new theme song. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so here's some commentary, or a lot of preface, a lot of... Okay. Support the New York Knicks Black Brain Trust. And yeah, again, Channing found in black history that Frank Delano Roosevelt had a black brain trust. The problem with his is he kept them segregated, <laughs> and they might have been his black brain trust, but he didn't bring them out into the real world. Right. They were his secret advisors on black subjects, and he was pretty much of a racist. But I came up with the concept of the black brain trust, meaning that the New York Knicks now are run by an all-black team of managers, of thinkers. So it says here... President Steve Mills, who went to Princeton, by the way, GM Scott Perry, Coach David Fieldsdale from Fremont High, Cray Robinson, Vice President of Player Development, and yes, Michelle Obama's brother, Alan Houston, the great Alan Houston with the Knicks, he's now the general manager of the Westchester Knicks, are finally getting it right. They're building the Knicks from the ground up with their own young players. Now, before I tell you who their young players are, on the way over, here, I was listening to, uh, you know, uh, one of my many sports shows. I listened to, and uh, Mason in Ireland, and one of the commentators was saying there's a real possibility that Kawhi Leonard will go to the Lakers. Now, if you have LeBron James, one of the top five players, and Anthony Davis, one of the five top five players, and Kawhi Leonard, one of the top five players, if if he goes, which I don't think you will then you might as well give them their own league because there's no sense. I mean, there's no point in trying to play against them. It is impossible to defeat that team. So they should just call them champions to start with, and then they can just chill for the rest of the year and let the rest of the masses pretend that they are in a league. But here's what I'm not liking about this. This is the dream team, unlike uh, uh, Lewis Cole's dream team, now the, the beginning of the Dream Team began when uh, Dwayne Wade was in Miami, and he convinced Chris Bosh and uh, LeBron James to come to Miami, and they did win two out of four championships. Uh, okay, that was cool, but now it's reaching the point where instead of you building up your own team, you just clear cap space. And you wait, and you try to attract the best players who leave their other team at the end of their contract. They have every right to do it. I find no interest in that. I'm saying that partly because the Knicks, I don't think, are going to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which I thought they were. But I'm serious. Listen to this. This is the New York Knicks team right now. The first thing is R.J. Barrett. I'm thrilled with R.J. Barrett. He's 19 years old from Duke. Uh, he was the third pick in the draft after Zion Williamson and John Morant. And they both, there's no question Zion Williamson will be in a league of his own as well. But I think that R.J. Barrett has the charisma, the will, the personality to lead a team. And that has to do with the issue of leadership. Let's take an example of Carl um, Lowry on Toronto. Carl Lowry has always or almost always failed... In the playoffs why because the lead player was DeMar DeRozan on Toronto a very very good player but DeMar DeRozan didn't have the will it's not his fault he's an excellent player but when DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry were up against LeBron they froze they both underperformed when Kawhi Leonard came And Kyle Lowry did not have to be the A or the A or the 1A. He thrived. So what's the point? That you need a lead dog in the pack. You need somebody who everybody looks to and says, at the end of the game, I have confidence that this person will do that. Obviously, that's been LeBron for 15 years. That will be Anthony Davis. Imagine the two of them on one team. I think R.J. Barrett is the Knicks' future. Now... Let's go over some other players because I know the players really well. Mitchell Robinson, this guy's terrific. Mitchell Robinson, 21 years old, he's a center. He can block. He can block shots again, like Zion, in the sense of he can run almost all over the court. He's not sitting under the basket, a so-called rim protector. I've seen him block more threes and keep the ball in play, which is unbelievable. And he shoots about 60%, of course, because almost all his shots are dunks and under the basket. But he also has a very nice um, free throw stroke, which is very important for big men because you get fouled a lot, and a lot of these guys can't hit their foul shots. I think he hit about 60% by the end of the year, and he'll get better. He has a very relaxed, a real stroke. So there's R.G. Barrett, and now we got... Mitchell Robinson. I'm telling you that Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett both have the chance to be one of the top 15 players in the league. That's how much I really believe in them. Now you got Kevin Knox. He's been badly slandered. I'm a big Kevin Knox fan. He's 19 years old again. Here's one of the problems of how you're judging these players. Do you know what it means to be 19 years old? You know what I was like when I was, I don't even want to tell you, I was pretty good for 19 years old at Cornell University just being kind of a jerk, you know, a nice nice 19-year-old kid who's trying to grow up. But imagine being thrust on the stage of history at 19 years old at Madison Square Garden having to perform. And every time the ball is missed, people, all these guys with big pot bellies and, you know, beers and they go, hey, you can't, that's no good, boo. I mean, that's a hard life, Right. All right, Kevin Knox. Number one, he's nine at least. Number two, he has a terrific move to the basket. Early in the year, well, first of all, in the summer league, you saw how sensational he was. But when he got into the regular league, you saw the way he wasn't as good as we thought because he would go to the basket and he couldn't finish. What does that mean? He would drive to the basket. He didn't quite know where the ball was because you're surrounded by guys, and he would sort of throw it up. With no logic as to where the ball was going, he missed a lot of shots, even though they were at close range. By the end of the year, he was making that shot at a far higher percentage. The second thing is his stamina. This is an amazing game. They say you run four miles in one uh, one game. By the way, you're on KPFK, ninety point seven FM in Los Angeles, ninety eight point seven FM in Santa Barbara, streaming live on the web at kpfk.org. If you're listening in New York right now, send us a, a, a tweet at Eric Mann Speaks. So, very few players, they call it a rookie wall. Kevin Knox hit a rookie wall and went past it. Like Trey Young, he was better in the second half of the season than the first. It used to be that he got almost all his points in the first quarter, by the fourth quarter, he was clearly uh, fatigued, and his shot wasn't going in. He has a three-point shot, a very good three-point shot. It doesn't matter what the percentages is. He had some great games. He's got a floater. He's not a great rebounder yet. He's not a great passer yet. But give this kid a break. I mean, he was the ninth pick in the draft. All right, you heard it here first. Again, I'm telling you, this kid could be a top 25 player in the league. So, yeah, I get it. He's not Kawhi. He's not AD. AD's 26. Kawhi's 27. LeBron's 35. These guys are only 19 and 20 years old. Let them play. Let LeBron have the next three championships. You're not going to get them anyway. Let Kawhi get the next three championships. Get Let KD get the next three championships. Three years later, your team is 22 and 23. Think about that. Don't trade these guys. I heard rumors that the Knicks were going to try to trade everybody for Anthony Davis. Why? Then you'd have Anthony Davis and nobody, and he'd quit on you just like he did on New Orleans. He said, I don't like my team. I'm going elsewhere. Get a bunch of young men who work together, who grow the team together, and who are loyal to each other. Now we move to Alonzo Trier. Do you know who this guy is? He's from Arizona. He, He wasn't even drafted through a complete fluke. The Knicks got him. Do you know how good this kid is? He could be an 80%, 90% f- foul shooter. He gets to the hoop. He has tremendous will. He can hit the three. The Knicks got him on a super good deal. He's only at $3.5 million this year. He could start. Frank Smith Jr., he-, he was the eighth pick in the draft two years ago. He's erratic. His f- only shoots about 62% from the foul line. He- his three-point shooting isn't too good, but on given days... He puts up 35 points and 10 assists. Develop him. He's only 20 or 21 years old. I think he's your starting point guard. Now, my next friend, Frank Nilakina, this guy is being very badly maligned because he's playing lousy, that's why. But Frank Nilokina's been injured a lot. He's six foot six. He's a very good defender. It means a lot that the Black Brain Trust did not trade him, keep him. He's a, a on-the-ball defender, a terrific defender. He's going to play with France this summer, which is great on the French team. He's from France. He's an African from France. And I'm so glad they didn't trade him and give up on him. He's only 20 years old. Then we got Luke Cornette, Damian Dotson, Kadeem Allen, and more. Look, I'm going to get to the sad news that I think Kyrie and KD are going to the Nets. That's going to be terrible. I don't want to pretend it's not okay. It's okay. It's not. But I'm worried that the New York press is going to really attack the Knicks for not getting KD and Kyrie and force them off the plan that they're on. But Steve Mills said, be patient. We're staying on course. Steve Mills, you have my complete support. So tell James Dolan, who owns the team, that Eric Mann is on your side. And that should get Dolan to back off a little bit, okay? Because I've taken on General Motors. I've taken on all these companies. So tell James Dolan, you're on the right track, and we support you. This is Eric Mann. You're on KPFK. You can send me emails on this one. You can grasp these complexities, Eric Mann at sportsandrevolution.com. You can also register on Voices from the Front Lines. Dot com. You can do both. You can tweet me at Eric Manspeaks. Those are three complex concepts. All right, now we're going to go to free agency fantasies. Uh, and if you want to talk to me, call at 818 985 5735. You can challenge and give me your own opinions on these things. Uh, we're going to about 10, 12 minutes, we'll be going to the phones. Free agent agent fantasies. KD, you're a wonderful player. One of the greatest ever. I am so sorry beyond words for the torn Achilles. You will come back stronger. Go wherever you want to go and don't worry what anybody says. It's your life. I mean that. First, he got criticized for going to Golden State. Why? He wanted to go there. It's called free agency. Yeah, I'm trying to put a good spin on going to the Nets. I'm telling him, Go wherever you want to go. But I'm really saying, KD, go to the Knicks. You get it. But I have zero influence with you. But to the degree there's a karma, I'm saying that. Now, no, I do not think the Knicks will get Kevin Durant. Very sorry about his horrible Achilles T.O. Yes, if they can please get him. He's well worth waiting for. I hear a story about the New York, New Jersey Nets. Okay, that's his call. That's why it's called free agency. I'm trying to be a good sport. Knicks fans... Don't succumb to the anti-Knicks hysteria. If KD chooses otherwise, just keep the young team. Most likely get the lottery again next year. And if the Knicks are even the 12th or 13th best team, means they almost get into the playoffs, with the ping pong balls, who knows? Look at New Orleans with a 6% chance. They got Zion. So you don't have to play to be the worst team this year. Play to make the playoffs. Most likely you won't. KD and Kyrie will be in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. i will have to learn to deal with that. But hang in there, and KD and Kyrie, you'd be much better going to the Knicks. You're with Eric Mann. If you want to hear your opinions, uh, 818-985-5735. Now the Lakers, Laker fans, Laker fans and Laker haters. There's been six months of dissing the Lakers. Magic quits and a crazy thing, Rob Palenka. Stabbed him in the back. He doesn't tell Jeannie Bus he's quitting. What's up with that? Magic gets away with a lot, folks. He just does. He's magic. He does stuff, you know, uh, Dan LePetard, when he first got the job, said magic's not going to do a good job. And they actually said that was racist. Trust me, 99% of the time, it is racist. But Dan LePetard is, is Latino. Uh, He's very pro-black. It's ridiculous. And Magic did screw up, and he quit his job without even telling Jeannie in a press conference. So everybody's laughing. They didn't get the coach they wanted. Sorry, folks. Let's look at what they got. First of all, Frank Vogel is a very good coach. So why diss him? That's stupid. So you got a good coach. And yes, you got Jason Kidd. We know the intrigue, uh, but so what? Jason Kidd's going to be great. Uh, and I think their coaching is fine. Then they got LeBron James is still LeBron James. He's about to turn 35. So what? Try to beat him when he's 40, and you'll be sorry. Now, this is another thing about the racism. Well, LeBron's got a lot of tread on his tires. He's not a tire. He's got a lot of miles on his warranty. He's not a car. He's got, you know, he's not a horse. He's a person. At 35, at 36, Kareem played till 38 and 39. I think if uh, LeBron James wants to play till 40, he'll be one of the top 10 or 12 players when he's 40. So I'm sorry to think he only has two or three years left. I don't agree with that. He may choose to. And then you have Anthony Davis, who I hate to tell, he is only 26. And then you have Kyle Kuzma, who's pretty darn good. And then you have cap space. And now they're talking about um, D'Angelo Russell coming back. Ugh, that would scare me. So I think the Lakers are the favorites already, as Ricky said, to uh, be the uh, favorites. And I think they are. I think that I don't think Hawaii and Toronto can pull it off again. I think uh, Golden State may need a year to regroup, especially with KD leaving. And KD has a torn Achilles anyway. And. With Clay Thompson having a torn ACL, he'll probably be out for most of the year. But don't, don't, don't. Listen, Steph Curry and um, Draymond Green, and again, me, Ricky, and Channing, that's still a pretty damn good team. So don't give up on the Golden State. Hey, by the way, Nicks, think about Boogie Cousins as uh, an interesting free agent. Uh, and think about George Hill. Who? George Hill, a terrific guard who played for Milwaukee and outperformed in the in the playoffs. So the Knicks will be fine. So what I'm saying is, I'm not a Laker fan, but I don't like this Laker-Hager stuff. That's ridiculous. They're doing fine. They got LeBron, they got AD, and they got cap space, and they got Kuzma. I think, as Rick said, they're already the favorites, as Lakers are already favorites in Las Vegas, to win it all in 2020, and that's without Kawhi. Okay? So now, 818-985, I see Mars from Long Beach and Ruth from West LA. We're going to get you in a few minutes. Keep calling in, 818-985-5735. I want to talk about Atlanta. Uh, The team I like next to the Knicks, and I think better than the Knicks, I have to say, because I'm more interested in young teams that are, are going to build it right, is Atlanta. Trey Young is already spectacular, and yes, a better passer than Steph and an electric force. John Collins is a stud and has a three-point shot. Kevin Werder is another marksman. Omari Spellman is a force. Then in the draft, they got DeAndre Hunter being downgraded because he's so dependable, had dependable and defender become bad words, and Cam Reddish with the 10th pick, who has time to grow and store potential, like the Knicks, but yes, even better. This group is one to watch and enjoy now. So, let me end by saying this. Um, sports is fun. It's really nice to have uh, our show where I can do this. If you are interested in helping build voices from the front lines, please go online to voicesfromthefrontlines.com and register. Uh, I want to give me give me the names again of all the people that registered and then we'll go to the phones. I want to thank Michael Higram, Sikki Bradford, Juan Liao, Larry Sibley, Robert Schwartz, Amil Jackson, Antonot Wood, Brown Antonat Wood Brownwood, sorry, Julia Summer, Lynette Beaver, Effie Nugasa, Presian Storm, Marilyn Storm, Ricky Herrera, Kestra Fell, Marquette Mendadani, Stephen Giri, and Tracy Green. Pretty cool in two weeks. We'd like to read your name next week on Voices. Please uh, go onto our site right now. It's called VoicesFromTheFrontlines.com. Register to be a regular uh, listener to Voices from the Frontlines. You can download the show at other times during the, the week at your convenience. But try to be available every Tuesday at 3, 3 to 4. And finally, you can send me an email at ericman at revolution, my new uh, secret site. And I'd love to hear your comments. All right, all right, all right. As we said, sure enough, the most dependable, Morris, from Long Beach. I, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. And Ruth will be right next. 818-985-5735. If you want to talk about sports and revolution, give us a call. Okay, Morris, what's up?
1: Hey, remember when uh, Red back drafted Larry Bird? Yeah. He had He had to wait a whole year before Larry Bird could play for his team. And I remember Red Auerbach says, do you know how fast a year can go by? So if they can get a hold of whoever, if, if whoever can get a hold of Kevin Durant, if they got to wait a year before they can put him on the floor, in my opinion, I'm not paying the money. That would be a damn good investment. I'll
2: talk uh,
0: to you later. Uh, <laughs> I totally agree. Let's take a minute for that. Um, I don't think anybody's debating that. I, I Well, that's not true, but it's very depressing to so, hear yeah, they talk about this man. He's 30 years old. He's one of the he's he's one of the top 3 in the league. In my, I I don't know. I I just often, it's hard. I don't I don't like that. That's not right. I mean, I don't know how to do it. I'm not a big James Harden fan by the way. So, he's not even in my top 5. But I'd say Steph, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, and KD are my top 5. And he had a torn Achilles a ruptured Achilles tendon. It's a horrible, horrible injury. And now people are saying, yeah, 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 but by the time he comes back, he'll be 31. And then he'll probably need another year of so-called load management. That'll get him to, so what? You know, this is a black man. You talk about black people almost like in the voice of the slave master, the way they talk about him, including, I'm sorry, some black fans as well. So what what Morris said is exactly right. You wait a year, he's going to rehab, come to the Knicks, Help R.J. J. Barrett and all these young players develop. Go wherever you want to go. One year later, so what if you're on load management? All that means is during the meaningless regular season, Kawhi was kept out of about 25 or 30 games. He was coming back off an injury. So he'd play. They'd give him three or four games off. When they interviewed him after he won the championship, he said, if Toronto had not respected me, and understood that I was not ready to play full-time. I could not have won this championship. He had a whole extra year to rehab. So, so what if KD plays 42 games or 31 games the second year? You have him the third and fourth year, and he'll still take you to the playoffs. So, look, I, I'm trying to be a good sport. I, I'll be heartbroken when he signs with somebody else, if he signs with somebody else. But to talk about him... I hate to even use the word, so I won't, in the pejorative terms about his physical capacity, I'm sorry, is the voice of the slave master. I reject it completely. Ruth from West L.A. Talk to me, Ruth.
2: Hi. I had no idea you'd do a show like this. And I'm not somebody who follows basketball closely, but you are making it so entertaining and fascinating. So... I usually listen to your regular show and it's wonderful, but this is a new treat. Um, my question is a typical girl type question. Um, I actually was watching a Duke game when that gentleman shoe the right team off, and um, I, I haven't followed that closely since that time, so I wanted to know you know, what kind of injury he got and what kind of compensation he got. And I'm sure all your listeners already know, but if you would indulge me and tell me, it would be great.
0: Hey, Ruth, that's a wonderful call. It means a lot. It means a lot that you listen. And Ruth, I hope you will go on the website. Uh, You can also send me, seriously, an an email at ericman at uh, sportsandrevolution.com. You can send me one at Eric at voices from the front lines. is a very generous comment that means a lot. It's not a girl question, uh, not that that's bad either. Uh, let me tell you what happened. Zion Williamson is the player you're talking about at Duke. I think he had Nike shoes on, all right? And he, he had a shoe malfunction because he's so powerful. The guy is from another planet. He really is. His body and his velocity and weight, nobody has seen a body like that, even LeBron's. Uh, when people get to be six foot, six, six foot, seven, 250, 260 pounds, which is now what these linebackers are being like. they're moving almost at the speed of light. And if you pivot slightly and you're moving forward and then you pivot, the, uh, the shoe couldn't support it. and the shoe broke, as you said. Fortunately, he had a sprain, only a sprained ankle. Now, what you're right about is if you think about what happened to Kevin Durant, who had a torn Achilles, if he tore his Achilles, uh, you're talking about a year, a year and a half to fully rehab. Fortunately, he was only out for about 15 games, 10 to 15 games. He came back in full, full speed and full health for the NCAA tournament. He and uh, uh, R.J. Barrett did very well. But Duke didn't make it to the national championship. He was the number one pick of the New Orleans uh, Pelicans in this draft. He's going to be all NBA his first year, not just rookie of the year. I swear he's going to make third team, probably all, all NBA. Uh, so thank you. It is a very thoughtful question. It wasn't a girl's question. Uh, um, by the way, I also love the WNBA, and sometimes I'm not as big a. Expert on it, but I actually love watching the WNBA, and that's a whole other story, women's NBA, which is a whole other story about how they denigrate that league, uh, which I think is actually terrific. So thank you for a very uh, kind call, and that means a lot, Ruth.
2: Can I say, I, I yeah. want to say one other thing, sure. okay? yeah. I love, I you know, I love Nina Simone, your intro for your other show. And this rap song today was just fantastic. So I agree with you. If you do a sports show, that's the song.
0: Very nice. That's great. I mean, one thing is, is just so you understand the the sort of in-joke I'm saying, this is one show. It's called Voices from the Frontlines. As I continue to try to evolve, and Channing and I evolve, we're going to do whole shows on music. We're going to do shows on food. I've done one show on exercise and drumming the revolution has a lot of different faces to it you know i do yoga i go on hikes i watch the nick games i really do cook a lot of really good food and read about recipes and stuff um all of that is what sustains a person to do this work for a lifetime so this is not a special show this is a you you get it's a special segment but no i'm not spinning off another show uh at least not now but that's very generous again so you get it this is voices from the front lines the segment is called sports and revolution as a as a segment within voices okay but so nice of you Perfect. all right so we got a deal everybody uh if we could just get 10 more Ruths, i could just uh retire and go to heaven that would thank you so much uh 818-985-5735 and I am trying to make sports interesting because it is interesting, you know. Obviously, gazillions of people watch it, and it's very political, you know. So, um, all right. So I have eight more minutes until I get some more callers. So, what should I talk about about the NBA? Um, let's see. Let's talk about Boston. It's really interesting because Boston. The Boston Celtics with Danny Ainge have, for six years, created this team that's almost going to win a championship. And Danny Ainge kept picking up draft picks. He, he completely hustled the New Jersey Nets. They gave uh, uh, Kevin Darn- Garnett and Paul Pierce to the Nets When they were almost ready to retire, I mean, they were really old for basketball players for three first-round picks. Unbelievable. And then the Nets thought that they were going to be getting a championship, so those picks would be not that significant, number 26, number 27. Instead, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce barely could get out of the gate. The team fell apart. And so Boston was getting all these amazing picks. They got Jason Tatum with one of them. They got Terry Ruggio with one of them. they got um, uh, I'm trying to remember this other guy's name uh, who's very very good. They got Al Horford as a free agent. then they got Kyrie Irving. then they got um, uh, we'll think of it in a minute Rick who's the guy from Utah who tore up his uh, tore up his his knee It's all right we'll get to it. Uh, he came over from Utah. And uh, the first game, he tore his knee up for an entire year. So the point is, is that Boston has been on the verge of being a championship. Gordon Hayward. All of a sudden, Gordon Hayward is not the player yet that he used to be. These injuries, serious, serious injury. Kyrie Irving quit Boston. Kyrie Irving could not get along with the young players. He said he wanted to be... uh, One of my commentators is... um, Oh, here's another one. Do not touch Kyrie Irving. He left Cleveland because he didn't want to be a sidekick to LeBron. He wanted to lead his own team. He forced his way to Boston, where he hated everybody. He couldn't even work with Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Terry Regier, and Gordon Hayward. Keep him away from the young Knicks players. He's a hater and a sad guy. Now, if he goes back to LeBron, that's fine with me, but he's poison as a leader. Um, he just didn't like anybody. Somebody said a funny thing. They said KD and Kyrie, the two most unhappy players they've ever met. But I see KD totally different, by the way. So, look, most likely KD and Kyrie are going to be a team. And most likely, I have to say, I'm getting it. They're going to probably go to the Nets. I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying all is going to be well in life. Lewis, what do you have to say, Lewis?
2: First of all, I love your show. I listen every week.
0: Wow, thank even you. When,
2: even when I'm in Jersey, I'm uh, out here for a bit, but I live in Jersey, so I even listen online out there, so thanks.
0: Lewis, um, do you, are, you on our, are, you, are you on our mailing list? Have you gone on to Voices from the front lines and registered?
2: You know, you reminded me, and I'll do that later on.
0: All right, we got a deal with so much. Go ahead, Lewis, this is great.
2: All right, real quick, uh, do you really think New York, Dolan, et cetera, would have the patience to stick with the young players, as you su- suggested? that's what I also believe. But just experience teaches us with the history of the Knicks and heck I go back all the way to sixty nine and
0: seventy three. Right, so us too.
2: It's just impossible to think that they'd ever be that patient in New York.
0: I'm very frightened about it. Yes I am because Dolan was bested. James Dolan is the spoiled owner of the New York Knicks who inherited the team from his father. He is not well mentored at all. Uh, he, serious it's a serious liability which is why a lot of people don't want to come to the Knicks because they're worried about this owner uh, what Lewis is also talking about is the Knicks uh, had a really nice young team with Donella Gallinari and a lot of other good players and Dolan went and made a deal with um, uh, Messiah Jury who was back then in, D- in Denver he in order to get uh um Carmelo Anthony, who was already going to be a free agent, he gave up the, half the team, including draft picks, and the Knicks never recovered. I think Steve Mills claims that he has a commitment from Dolan to stay on the plan. I think He's built a team with Scott, uh, Scott Perry. I think that they, the fact that they got R.J. Barrett this year at number three Is enough to hold the thing and the Rangers by the way are going through a similar rebuild so the fact that the Rangers just got this great young player at number two and the Knicks got somebody great at number three and they're already talking to each other I'm keeping my fingers crossed I'm not if you're living with a psychopath I'm not gonna uh, reassure you the psychopath is not a psychopath but I think they're gonna do the best they can to stay with the young players we'll have to see.
2: Remain hopeful then,
0: huh? That's Well, hope springs eternal in the Knicks' fans' breasts. Thanks a <laughs> thank lot, Lewis.
2: Keep doing what you're doing.
0: I love it. Thank you. Cortell, you got the last word.
1: Well, thank you. I, I really love this show. I listen to it quite a bit, and I will go online to become uh, a subscriber. That's great. I just wanted to ask, possibly in the future, uh, something my father said to me about 20 years ago. Are we like the Romans that we are so involved with the game? that it takes over our lives and it takes over the conversation because I took a step back from football because I realized that as young black men, the first thing we talk about is, is that we, we don't have any substance of, of speech to one another as grown men.
0: I, look, I'll tell you, listen, please do register because we, with you and Lewis and Ruth and all these amazing callers, we want to stay in touch with you, and we really will be, okay? So please go online. Look, this is, you know, sometimes when I'm obsessing with the Knicks, now I work I work 12, 14 hours a day. I, I love my work. Thank God I read W.B. Du Bois. I read, you know, all the black history I work with Channing Martinez. He and I work about eight hours a day just together alone. I'm working with all these young high school students who are organizing in the community. And yeah, this is an obsession. And sometimes when I'm sort of embarrassed, I say, look, dude, you're not on drugs. You don't drink alcohol. I mean, give yourself a break. If this is the worst you do, you know, compared to what? But I still agree with you. Look, this obsession, and it is, substitutes from having a real life. And if you see yourself, if you see the obsession having too much impact on you, which I have to manage it, then you got to work on it like a drug addiction. I mean it. So I agree with what you said, Kortel. You're not hallucinating. Uh, That's the problem. Please send in your email because we're going to have to go. But you're absolutely right. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I am a Knicks fan, and I did watch the game. I'm just saying it seems like a good topic. If If we can get past that, the superficial to get a little bit more man-on-man just speaking about how you did with your wife, what did you do with your children, (laughs) and still talk about the game. So I, I understand, and I appreciate, like I said, I really appreciate your opinion. It's really something.
0: And I'm saying I really appreciate what you just said. I totally second that emotion, okay? Thank you, Cortella. Stay in touch. All right, let's go at Nina Still Trumps. Let's understand. I got the basketball song. But Nina Simone still is the outro and the intro. That doesn't change, okay? Thank you, seriously, Ricky Rivera. Thank you, thank you as always, Channing Martinez. You say you don't know much about basketball, but you find a great song. You find the Black Brain Trust. Thanks to all my friends out there. And this is deeply moving because the people that love the show. It makes me and Channing want to work harder. I can't have a more thoughtful group of listeners. Take good care of yourselves. All power to the people. We'll see you next Tuesday at 3.
1: And stay tuned for...
0: Sonali Kohatkar.
1: Tony Bates. Uh, question everything here on KPFK. three
0: yes, regrets. I've had a few.